Hello, everyone, and thank you for tuning in to the lineup on Yahoo Sports. My name is Steven Sohoist. That's Wesley Chang. And we're going to look at what happened in week six from the National Football League and break it down from a fantasy football lens. And Wes, let's start off by talking about some of the top performers from this past week. A couple of surprising top performers from this past week. And we'll try to decode whether or not they're fake or for real. All righty. The tight end position has been so thin. So Trey Burton's 19.9 fantasy point performance obviously caught some eyes. Four catches, 59 yards, two touchdowns, a lot of things to be encouraged about. So is this fake or is this for real? For me, I'm worried about how much of a merry-go-round the tight end position has been for the Colts so far this season. I do want to point out as well, in this past week, Mo Cox wasn't even in the lineup yet. Burton only got 11% target share for the entire game. The game script also fit and was in his favor. Colts went down early. They were passing the ball way more than they typically would in a traditional Indianapolis game script. So there are some things I worry about here. I kind of lean more towards the fake side. There are too many mouths to feed in this offense. They actually lead the league with the most receivers targeted. Phillip Rivers has thrown to 16 different individuals on this offense. So with the tight end position being how it is for this team, Doyle, Ali Cox, and Burton are all getting pass catching opportunities. I'm shying away from Burton. I'm not getting too excited about him. I get the positions thin, but to me, he's a boom bust tight end too. And if you have space for him, that's how you can play him moving forward. The player I want to talk about at Spotlight was the running back who went absolutely off this past week. That was DeAndre Swift from the Detroit Lions. He was the second-round pick of the Lions in the 2020 draft, and he took advantage of a very good matchup against the Jacksonville Jaguars and ran really well. You see, still, the issue is, it's not a question of whether Swift is fake or for real because he is a very talented player, but the question remains, will he get the usage to keep him in the weekly starting mix? Now, I think in week two, because of the matchup against the Falcons, you can start DeAndre Swift. But my only concern with him moving forward is how is everything going to shake out? Because they still like to use Adrian Peterson and they still even mix in Carrion Johnson. So DeAndre Swift, the talent is there. Will he get the opportunities? That is the major question with Swift. He did lead all Detroit Lions running backs in snaps this past week. An encouraging sign that he's going to be more involved moving forward. Sticking to the theme of tight ends, a lot of scarcity at the position. Rob Gronkowski finally caught some eyes. He got his first touchdown as a Tampa Bay Buccaneer. So with that performance, how do we feel about him? Is there some legitimacy here? In that matchup against Green Bay, he was Brady's most reliable option. And it was nice to see that chemistry really play out for him. But I want to take it a step back here and just look at the history of opinion on Gronk going into the season. Preseason, mega hype train. Everybody was calling him to be a very high upside sleeper pick. First four weeks go through, everybody's pulling a shoot on Gronk. All the fantasy pundits out there are saying he's washed up, no longer has it. Then in week four, Howard goes out. Gronk is forced into the tight end, uh, tight end one position for this team. Bray still doesn't end up getting a lot of pass receiving opportunities. So he's forced into that role. And now it's been two weeks in a row. He's starting to show some, uh, some of that uh, chemistry with Brady. You knew it was going to take him some time. 
now that he's actually getting more assimilated into the offense, I'm confident that even with Evans and Godwin in this offense, Gronk will have, uh, I guess, a sustainable enough role in this offense that he can sustain high upside tight end two uh, type of opportunity here. This is a great offense, and I think ultimately there will be enough touchdown opportunities for him to be relevant. I'm calling the Gronk train for real. The last player I want to talk about of whether or not they're fake or for real is Travis Fulgham of the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, he balled out against the Baltimore Ravens with a very impressive performance. The issue is Fulgham might lose his spot in the lineup once the bodies from this Eagles receiving course start coming back. Jalen Rager, Alshon Jeffrey, Deshaun Jackson, Dallas Goddard, all are still going to come back into this Eagles lineup, which leaves a major question as where does that leave Fulgham once they all return? My issue with Fulgham is it's not the talent. He's proven that he can be a reliable receiver for Carson Wentz in the absence of these players. But like I said, where does the volume lie after this? Because right now that's where the production's coming from. He had 10 targets against the Ravens. He led all Eagles wide receivers in the snap. So where does that target and snap volume go once these players come back? I think it starts to fade. He's not a bad option if you're short on wide receivers heading into week seven and potentially week eight. But once these players start coming back into the Eagles lineup, it'll be hard to expect the same kind of production from Travis Fulgham moving forward. zone More live football than anyone else. Stream exclusive Premier League and UEFA Champions League. Stream every NFL game, including the Super Bowl. Plus exclusive Red Zone. Showing you every touchdown, every Sunday. DAZN. Start your free trial at DAZN.com and stream on multiple devices. More live football than anyone else. D-A-Z-N. DAZN. You're tuned in to the lineup on Yahoo Sports. And now Wesley and I are going to do some self-reflection. We're going to look back at what our predictions were before the season and see how right and how wrong we've been so far. And Wes, we're going to start it off with one of your misfires. Who was it that you missed on in the preseason? Matthew Stafford. My original bold prediction here was that he was going to be a top six quarterback coming into 2020. I said he could be the Jameis Winston of this season. So let's do a little how it started, how it's going. In 2019, Stafford led the entire league in average depth of target, and he was top five in deep pass percentage. In 2020, he's lost two yards, two air yards per target, and he's almost dropped half the deep pass uh, uh, percentage that he's thrown uh, to his receivers so far. Now, on top of that, his receivers this season have really let him down, even though it's the same bunch. In 2019, his entire receiving core had 25 drops for the entire season. Through five games, Stafford's crew has already had 12 drops. So it's a bit of the receivers. It's a bit of the quarterback. But ultimately, if Kenny Galladay doesn't turn into Megatron 2.0, there's no way Stafford will even get back into the top 12 conversation. Wes, I don't want to leave you out to dry, but I also want to talk about a player that I missed on in the preseason, and that's Leonard Fournette of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 
I thought that moving to Tampa Bay, Ronald Jones wouldn't be very much competition. And we'd see Fournette vault to the number one position. And when Fournette's been healthy, he's been good. The issue is he's been dealing with this ankle injury all year. And Ronald Jones, that's someone who I was really wrong on. He has been on fire for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, stringing together three straight 100-yard rushing games. So the issue for me isn't that Fournette's been bad. It's just that he hasn't been able to stay healthy. So I guess we can count that as a strike against me. But really, the, 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 where the strike comes in is, is where I've evaluated Ronald Jones. I did not think he would be this good. And he has fired on all cylinders this season. So whether or not Leonard Fournette is able to come back now and carve some sort of fantasy-relevant role is still to be determined. But you've got to give it to Ronald Jones someone who I was not very high on entering this season. Will Fuller managers must be smiling ear to ear. Coming into the season, he was drafted as the wide receiver 33. And that clearly was indicative of everyone's concern about who was going to take over for all of Hopkins' vacated targets, vacated receiving yards. Well, take a look at the numbers. Fuller is now currently the top 10 wide receiver in fantasy leagues and uh, it was a classic high risk high reward pick look at his injury history that was baked into his adp but he's been surprisingly healthy and that's pretty much half the battle with fuller when you look at the stats he leads the houston receiving core in pretty much every single category you can think of receptions touchdowns air yards red zone opportunities it's all fuller he's already a top 10 as i mentioned and moving forward I think if everything stays consistent, he should finish as a top 15 wide receiver. Wes, I'm going to go ahead and take my victory lap as well with C.D. Lamb of the Dallas Cowboys. I went out in the preseason as my bold prediction and said C.D. Lamb would lead the Dallas Cowboys in receiving yards. And right now, he's only six behind Amari Cooper for top spot on the team. When you consider where these players were being drafted, that seemed like a bit of a stretch, but... Now, all of a sudden, it seems like something that could very likely happen on the Cowboys. He has really played well so far this season, operating in the slot and even sometimes on the outside as well. And he just has all of the makings as a true number one wide receiver in the NFL. So C.D. Lamb, there's not enough good things you can say about this guy. He is the real deal, and we've seen it through six games. This is the lineup on Yahoo Sports. On to the waiver wire. Some juicy matchups ahead. Stevie, who's the top pick that we have going into week seven? Well, I think Justin Jackson has to be the target for those who are looking to help their running back situation, mainly because of the matchup that awaits him. He gets the Jacksonville Jaguars in week seven. We saw DeAndre Swift, what he was able to do against them. Even Adrian Peterson had a good day, and they just seem like the go-to matchup for running backs this season. Jackson usurped Joshua Kelly in the team's final game before the bye week against the Saints as the lead back. He rushed 15 times for 71 yards, but it's also involved in the passing game as well. Jackson, he will get the volume, which is what you're looking for. We thought originally it was going to be Kelly, but Jackson far outplayed Kelly in that matchup. So given the Jaguars are on tap at Week 7, it's hard not to get excited about Jackson as a potential running back, too. Sticking to the theme of the Chargers, Mike Williams is rostered in less than 50% of Yahoo leagues. He's somebody you should also slot back in after coming off of a bye week. Justin Herbert 
has now taken over and it clearly is going to be his role for the future. His ceiling has raised Mike Williams' ceiling for the rest of the season. Herbert's willingness and ability to throw downfield really fits what Mike Williams ultimately brings to this offense. His average depth of target, the amount of air yards that he's been getting through six weeks, is ninth in the entire NFL. Let's not forget, Mike Williams is a former seventh overall pick, and he had a 10-touchdown season just two years ago. This is, a, this is a really good opportunity, as Stevie mentioned. The kicker here for Mike Williams, he doesn't face a top-tier wide receiver defense for the rest of the season. Let me correct that. He only faces one for the rest of the season. So the schedule is charm and soft for him moving forward. And if that connection really develops for Herbert and Williams, you can look at him as a boom-bust flex play the rest of the way. Another good ad for people who are looking to help fill the running back void this week is Boston Scott of the Philadelphia Eagles. Miles Sanders, it was announced that he's probably going to miss one to two weeks with an injury, which means Boston Scott, who took over when Sanders went down, will likely see the majority of those vacated snaps. And Scott is a pretty talented running back in his own right. We've seen at points of his career, like the end of last season, where he could be a fantasy viable running back when he gets the opportunity. And this week he gets the New York Giants, which potentially shapes up to be a game where the game script could be leaning in the favor of the run if the Eagles can get out early on the Giants. So Boston Scott, another one of those players that if you're looking to patch some holes during the bye week, he could be the waiver ad, the guy that you add to help fill the, the problems that you might have at running back. Sticking to the wide receiver position, T. Higgins. Even though he's just above 50% roster ownership, you should be looking to get him if he still exists on your wires. The biggest thing for Higgins has been consistency. Over the last four weeks, he's averaged eight targets per game. And in that same period, he's been the top 15 wideout throughout the entire NFL. In those same games, He's actually dominated the end zone looks for this offense. Out of six total throws to the end zone, Higgins was the recipient of four of those. He's clearly overtaken A.J. Green as the primary X receiver. And with Burrow and Higgins coming out of this draft class together, you can assume that there's going to be some potential chemistry here, both for the short and for the long term. There isn't a lot of overlap with Tyler Boyd here either. Boyd plays out of the slot. Higgins gets most of his look on the outside. And I think with what you've seen with the consistency and also, unfortunately, the kind of downgrade of A.J. Green, Higgins could very well slide into the wide, out, uh, wide receiver two conversation for the remainder of the season. You're watching the lineup on Yahoo Sports. We're going to wrap up here with some rookie watch. This is right around the time of the year where some of these players start to really emerge. Stevie, who's a player that you're going to be focusing on here? Well, Jalen Rager isn't someone who's necessarily emerging right now. You're hoping and you're waiting for him to emerge from the IR so that he can get into your and the Eagles lineup. And he is someone who has the qualities to be a true difference maker on the outside. He dominated at TCU with average quarterback play. And he's just one of these explosive players who doesn't need a whole lot of volume to get the job done, but he might be forced into a position where he gets a lot of volume. You're seeing what Travis Fulgham is getting right now. He's getting about 10 targets, you know, double-digit targets he's seen over this stretch. I think Rager can step into a role where he gets a lot of volume because the Eagles are desperate 
for playmakers, and they have this player who they drafted in the first round on waiting in the wings, really waiting until he gets healthy to get back in the lineup. So I think Rager is someone who really doesn't cost you a roster spot at this point. You can just stash him on an open IR spot if you have one. That can be a difference maker down the stretch. Get all the shares of J.K. Dobbins while you can. With Baltimore entering a bye week, some of Dobbins' managers may have to offload him to win their matchups in the short term. This is the perfect time to go after them in a trade. There are a few things going really well here for Dobbins. Number one, Ingram actually got injured in week six. He's already been ruled questionable for week eight, which is not a good sign. Number two, Ingram in himself has been pretty awful this year relative to Edwards and Dobbins. Dobbins actually, out of the three, has been the most efficient with the least amount of looks this year. He's had 6.2 yards per carry, which is actually second in the entire NFL. He's had two goal line touches, two touchdowns out of those opportunities. He leads the entire Ravens uh, receiving core in fantasy points. And even though they have a tough matchup coming against Pittsburgh, if Ingram actually sits this out, this is one of those situations where Dobbins could really run away with the role and become the lead back moving forward. That sort of upside is worth betting on here. He has top 12 RB potential if he ultimately takes away that role from Ingram moving forward. The last player I'm going to talk about is someone who I've said has a gold card membership to the athleticism through the roof club. That is Denzel Mims from the New York Jets. Just watch the Jets. They, they've got nothing really going on on offense. You know what? I will give Jameson Crowder some love. He has been a pretty consistent fantasy contributor during the stretch that he's been healthy. But aside from him, there's really no one that you want any business with on the New York Jets. But I think Denzel Mims can come back and kind of spark this offense a little bit because right now they are just brutal to watch, just to put it plain and simple. So I think Mims, with his size and speed, this is a player who has a very big frame and ran a sub-4, 440-yard dash. He can kind of emerge as the, the true X receiver because Crowder is nice and he operates out of the slot, but they need that true X receiver on the outside, and that's what Mims profiles as. So when Mims comes back into this lineup, I think you can really see someone who might be able to move this Jets offense along just a little bit. They, they, it seems like a pretty hopeless cause at this point, but he might be able to move them along just a little bit. That's going to do it for this episode of The Lineup on Yahoo Sports. But if you want to keep up to date to everything related to the show, follow us on Instagram at yahoosportsca and hit the subscribe button on YouTube as well. For Wesley Chang, I'm Steven Sahoyce. Don't forget to set your lineup in week seven of the National Football League.